0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield, and you might be wondering, where are my co-hosts this week? Uh, Well, we we do have a great show planned for you. I'm this week joined by Justin Davis and Sam Claiborne. Tina Amini could not join us this week. Uh, She had something come up at the last minute, so you got a three-person podcast this week. Uh, But then some difficulties happened, so we lost the first couple minutes of audio from the episode. So I've got to get you caught up to speed, and then I'm going to hand you off for the rest of the episode, which is still a great show. Uh, Our butt first this episode is uh, my my sole Cyber Monday purchase that I made. The uh, This coffee table book, Arcade Game Typography from a, a designer, Toshi Omagari, And it's awesome. It's so nerdy. It's so damey. It just goes through uh, breaking down what goes into all of the fonts and typography from arcade games from the 80s and 90s. This is so me. I love it. The little sort of like setup for the book is that video game designers of the 70s 80s and 90s faced color and resolution limitations that stimulated incredible creativity letters had to exist within an eight by eight pixel grid so artists found ways to create expressive and elegant character sets on tiny canvases and he just goes through hundreds and hundreds of games and just sort of like gives his his take uh on, on what went into the font you got food fight here one of my favorite arcade games, one of my favorite games that I used to play on the Atari 7800, of which they say arcade graphics eventually became powerful enough to spare resources for the development of minor elements such as type, and one of the earliest uses of a multicolor typeface was in March 1982 in Food Fight. This three-color font... Maybe... Oh, get it there. This three-color font... Uh, uses two darker tones for anti-aliasing around the chunky sans-serif and looks great on the intended black background. 11 color palettes flash constantly on the screen, embracing this newfound graphical potential in type design. My friends, ladies and gentlemen, I have 265 pages of this awaiting me. And my wife thinks I'm a big old nerd. But I don't care. I think it's great. So then we got into uh, how... Casey Hudson is leaving Bioware again. Uh, left Bioware in 2014, came back in 2017. He's leaving again now. To, uh, the only game he launched in his in his second that there was Anthem. A lot has been said about Anthem. Uh, now, two years after that game's launched, Anthem next is still nowhere to be found. He's leaving uh, the company again. It's just, we, we, you know, we, this is not a new conversation. It would seem that Bioware's glory days are... Well, in their rear view mirror, but that led to uh, further discussion about uh, Marvel's Avengers. How they're kind of in the same boat. Both of these games, Anthem and Marvel's Avengers, are games as a service that had uh, less than ideal launches. But both, uh, you know, EA and Square Enix are trying to keep these games, trying to sort of uh, resurrect, trying to re- <laughs> uh, not let have these be both these games be complete financial. Uh, losses and we had an email about marvel's avengers which i'll read to you right here this comes from sean from leeds uk which says last week i saw on various sites including ign that the avengers game still hasn't made its costs back of making the game i would love to hear you why you think that is and there you have it you're all cut up i now uh, hand you off to your regularly recorded episode of game scoop Pleased to enjoy So, uh, Square Enix uh, did announce that sales of Marvel's Avengers have been lower than expected. The game has not yet recouped its development costs, leading to approximately $67 million operating loss in Square Enix's HD games segment during the last financial quarter. And I think it's interesting that they have
1: an HD games segment. Mm, I guess that's separate from, like, you know, they do big business on mobile games.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, of course, those are also HD. uh, Well, but
1: we all know what they mean. Um, uh, Well... I've never heard that distinction guess, be made, though, but I yeah.
2: guess I, it's just like they can't say console games anymore because it includes PC, and yeah, yeah, it's just funny to think of it that way. Non-mobile. They just mean non-mobile, right? I think so. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, the official quote from Square Enix leadership was, we hope to make up for slow initial sales by offering ample additional content to grow our sales. So it's, it's mm-hmm. another situation like Anthem. Uh, they're going to keep adding content to the game in the hopes that more people will buy the game.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, kate bishop right
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um yeah i think there's multiple new character drops planned for that game uh it is a, it is a good question though. you know the, the what happened to this game to marvel's avengers, I have a, it's a good question let's hear it <laughs> I mean, sam
2: there's some obvious stuff like it didn't re, it didn't get good review scores you gave it a six um and uh you know there was a worldwide pandemic that kept people from buying games but there's also another thing there's no avengers movies this year There just Hmm. isn't like this should have hit when there was like, everybody is talking about infinity war. There are no movies this year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, that's a big deal, right? When kids are all dressing like captain America and, you know, wanting to buy a bunch of merchandise and stuff around the Avengers movies. That's when you hit with a big Avengers game. Like it's just Mm -hmm. so obvious and they missed the window. And I don't think they expected to not have, you know, movies this year, but also like they would have had black widow.
1: Like, come on. Yeah. That wouldn't yeah. have pushed it anyway. Like they, they needed to do this during the Infinity War movies. I yeah. don't, I don't. I'm not convinced that that Avengers is an appropriate property and license to be getting this kind of treatment. Like mm-hmm. you know, a looter shooter. I know it's not a, a shooter, but like you know, a loot based grind em up game You know, and sort of bolting armor onto the hulk and stuff, like it feels shoehorned into the license where like I like that kind of game, you know sometimes, like I played destiny for a long time yeah. um uh and it just doesn't jive and gel well with like these Avengers heroes that we know, mm-hmm. and like it it feels cynical um and so it already has this hump to overcome uh just in that bias there um and so the game has to be kind of extra good to overcome that. And, um, you know, it couldn't deliver on that.
0: Yeah, like, you know, this, it hasn't been um, a, a totally smooth ride for this game ever since it was first revealed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, myself included, were, were not too impressed with the visuals. Uh, we mentioned that the character models seemed off. And then it was very confusing what this game actually was to a lot of us uh, for a long time. And then there's that portion of the audience, of the hardcore gaming audience, that, doesn't want a game as service you know that's sort of uh of that sort of model so like your hardcore gamers were always going to be they were always suspicious of this game they're always going to be a tough sell but i guess maybe i am a little bit surprised that a more casual gamer who owns a ps4 or xbox and just they're shopping at target they see there's a marvel avengers game i would think yeah. those people would be a little bit more likely
1: to give mm-hmm. it a give it a try right I think Avengers is a stronger candidate to be a turnaround story than Anthem is, frankly. Mm-hmm. And that, that's well, just based off like a gut check on my part. Like, yeah, you know, it's a huge it,
2: license. They have Disney behind yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah.
1: And, and they clearly have such a clear and strong path of like adding characters, adding mm-hmm. villains, adding more like the runway there. Like, you know, I'm not a game designer, but it's clear as day how they can sort of continue to support that product for years and years to come
2: it's weird how Fortnite's become the marvel living game and the marvel (laughs) living game is being forgotten about um they they also could have aligned with the next gen consoles in a more meaningful way and then you know (laughs) had this like big marvel push at launch but they went a little bit early which seemed like it could work but you know it just didn't have the i mean also we needed launch games for these consoles too and it would have been interesting if they would have
1: held off and done that but it's been um uh, one of the things I like most about Black Friday and I, I work Black Friday for IGN is seeing which games, which contemporary like new games get deeply discounted and which don't, because that can sort of reveal the fortunes of that game. And it's not a reflection of quality at all um, uh, necessarily, but just sales and hype and interest like Watchdog's Legion was $30 on Black Friday um and like you know Assassin's Creed Valhalla was was not $30 it was actually pretty hard to find that game you know much mm-hmm. cheaper than $10 off and so that sort of shows you the rising or falling fortunes of like you know certain games that came out within the last calendar year and um Avengers is one that I know for a fact it was $30 everywhere and I think actually still is and and may have actually gotten down to 25 mm-hmm.
0: Well, speaking of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that's what I've been spending the most time playing. Uh mm-hmm. last night I ticked over the 30 hour mark and I still I think I'm still fairly probably early on in um uh the What story. level are you? <sighs> so I'm I'm nearing I think in the late 70s. Okay. Which is a little bit uh uh uh, scary to me because the next areas that i like i'm not yeah. supposed to go to are like level 160
1: they I'm go like, up to like 300 when and am i I'm, gonna get there <laughs> i'm doing the math of like i'm level like 70 or whatever after this many hours i'm like am i unless this picks up the pace like i'm not gonna be there till i'm like 120 hours into this game
2: yeah although yeah definitely do the side quests. those things like pump, they're like 30 seconds long a lot of them and you can get them get the get the skill points up but i'm surprised if you're if you're i bet the what was going to happen is that it's going to open up i think what it does is it shows you low and high areas and then it should then a bunch of in-between ones come along with the story so i don't yeah. think they're going to push you to one because i haven't played a 160 yet and i'm at about 160
0: really wow
2: yeah well, how many how many
0: how many hours do you have logged
2: well maybe i did play a 161 uh i don't know where the hour count is i'll look tonight but i haven't checked but i did just go to like a new area map which was like really cool and it has a kind of like uh an even tide island thing where like they're Mm. like you know this is a whole new way of playing do this for a little while and i thought i'd be annoyed by it but then i really really liked
1: it yeah every open world game has to have a survival island now it's the law it's a thing right
0: it totally is yep um sam the uh the save screen shows your your total play time okay on your actual save
2: does it have uh, a pause I, screen because it p- feels like it's paused a lot looking at maps <laughs> yeah i'll check yeah, it out you look at the map you look I at the skill tree planning out the skill tree but like you guys like i'm also seeing like there's like a monster and i'll go back and think i wonder if i can take that on now i'm like no no it's 290 level like yeah. I, I don't even know if i'll ever be at that like i can that's just way too much game
3: yep yeah
0: uh speaking of monsters there's a um hmm, i don't want to spoil anything but there's a you know it, it, there are some like monsters and quotes in the game have you guys encountered any of those Yeah missions? yeah okay.
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of them's just a bonus mission that was like I didn't know that was like a you know based on a, a external story that they had which was kind of funny but but the, the, when they skirt the supernatural stuff like that they usually do it by like you're you're dr- drunk or taking yeah, drugs you're high. And stuff they do a lot of that and then, um, but then there's some things that aren't like that. Like there, there's a collectible in the game that you'll come across. It's not a spoiler. It's everywhere that are curses, mm-hmm. and you kill a like flaming skull, and it rids the curse. Like that's yeah, that's a supernatural thing. They're fine with. There's no explanation for
1: that. Well, and that's what I like. What I don't mind any of that stuff. I think it's fine because I think the Assassin's Creed is a silly franchise, and so sure, you know, have flaming skulls in it. But like, what I like is that they do work hard in those games to have a consistent canon like the assassin's creed games have like a through line and lore and so that means in that game world all that shit's just real it all all just exists and like it's i think it's at its height in um in odyssey that just was you know like half that game was supernatural enemies which i you know again i loved it i didn't mind it but like they seem to make no effort at like lore consistency there did
2: they i didn't get to any of the supernatural stuff in that game did they did they do explanations like the thing we're talking
1: about no you just fight like you fight like gorgons and stuff like that really like, yeah Minotaur, it's not like medusa. a giant bear that yeah.
2: turns out to have like a costume or something.
1: <laughs> there there actually is some of that too but no like you fight medusa and stuff like that yeah that's pretty good
0: mm-hmm. uh like so i have i've, I've mm-hmm. aligned with one I, I don't even know what you call it one kingdom and then i'm deep into the, like the storyline of aligning with a second one uh yeah so-
2: that's the game you, you okay. take over territories yeah there's like you know, i've probably done like 10 of those now or something oh, i don't right. know how many there are
0: i feel like they're really long and i yeah. that's why i'm only because i'm also yeah, doing a start, lot of side quest stuff
2: you can probably cook through each territory in like 45 minutes or something if you just do the story parts and then some are just not as interesting areas as others so i yeah. like i try to move through those and then if it's like a really cool area it takes you to i'm like oh, i'm gonna spend time doing all the side quests here
0: the one i've been doing is the one where uh, there's a weenie king mm-hmm. and no one respects him and he has yeah. To like yeah you have to like sort Ch-
2: of Chale- tail or Chailbert? He's I think he's Chailwolf's son. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's the one I'm like sort of deep into. And right.
2: then there's the the torture guy that's like becomes his uh his like I don't know, his advisee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are recurring <laughs> characters. And like those ones like you stick with some of the kingdom characters as they move through places. Mm. So you, you have some recurrence and then some are just like one offs you go to. You're just like, oh I killed all the people I needed to kill to, to kill there. Now I'm going home.
0: Have you guys? What do you, what do you think about the side quests? I've I've been a little bit disappointed because um, sometimes, yeah. like you like you said, Sam, they they might be like thirty seconds long, and there's just not much. to When them. I'm
2: grinding, I'm really thankful for that. Like yeah. there was one which is like this pig talks, and you and you know, you're like, okay, hi pig, and the pig is not talking, and it's like, well, you got to drink that first, and then you drink that, and then you listen to the pig twice, and then the side quest's over. Yeah. <laughs> there's like like, that's really funny and there's some where it's like carry this stuff for me i'm like okay that's the one i wanted to mention the the priest who loves apples did you do that one no but i've carried stuff for other people they're like but did did you do the guy where he's like throw the stuff over the edge of the cliff
1: well it's just stuff like that yeah there's one where like
0: there's a nudist nudist colony right and they want you to go and steal everyone's clothes oh there's that one too
1: they're all they're all really short, and they're all uh, they're comedic relief, you know, yeah, almost I mean, yeah, al- I guess so. almost every single time. And so, like knowing that going into it, we like that allows it's it's smart because it allows them to have their cake and eat it too, and tell this fairly serious, gritty story. But if you want the comic relief, you kind of have to go seek it out, um, mm-hmm. which you know is clever. But um, no, I I I find myself skipping those side quests. I find myself skipping. I've basically decided to skip the game. <laughs> I, skip I the think, game? <laughs> I think get I've done bounced it? off. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite as far as you, but I did get 20 or 25 hours in, and I just am not feeling it anymore. Yeah, I mean... I, I, There's I, plenty my, to play.
2: So, yeah my,
0: yeah, my feeling about it hasn't changed. I'm definitely enjoying it. I like this type of game, but like, yeah, it's, a, it's not top-tier open-world game or top-tier mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed for me. And when yeah.
1: Cyberpunk comes out next week, I'm yep. like, off assassin's creed I, entirely it start, like it started with like i'm not getting these treasures anymore these are pointless i don't need to collect these and i'm like you know what i'm also not doing these side quests and then yeah. it was sort of like <laughs> i kind of want to skip these main quests too and just, <laughs> just put this game on the shelf yeah where's the hook yeah i did I'm a defi- bunch of weapon collecting
2: early on and then i realized like i do have like you since you can upgrade any weapon throughout the whole game if you have like yeah. one of each and they have like okay bonuses then it's just like well, I don't I don't want to spend the time grinding for the resources to update a bunch of weapons. I'll just update this one set and just see how it goes. And it, it's fine. I actually like it better than the Odyssey system, but um, I don't have any like there's nothing. There's no drive for me to keep on collecting in that game right now.
0: Yeah, I've been I dual w- wielding two like light axes the entire game. I don't really mm-hmm. feel any any reason to switch
2: it up. You know, two spears is really funny. <laughs> It just, it just changes. <laughs> it just changes your character a whole lot, and it looks really stupid. And like, it's really effective.
1: Wow. Yeah. Maybe I will give it one more shot because I haven't messed. I've only done like sword and board, so it's mm. like I should probably try some different fighting styles. I, I really just... like drop shields. Like
2: I was trying so hard to make shields work, and I just mm. they just they don't matter. They don't matter at all. And if you put another offense thing in that slot, you like do twice as much offense, and everything just dies quickly. It's just yeah. easy, and you, you just, just roll, parry. Right?
1: Yeah, you just roll and parry, and yeah. yeah. I will say, um, I got two weeks ago. I said I was really excited for my 4K TV to come, and it came. You know, the LG CX, which is not just a 4K TV; it's the best 4K TV. And um, that game is incredible. It's so much better looking than like other. You know, other, like I, I think it's. I know this is an underrated opinion. I think it looks better than like Spider-Man Miles Morales. Um. Call of Duty, just like the visual fidelity of that compared to every other next gen game I've tried to play. Like the HDR is just unbelievable. Um, mm-hmm. which um I don't I don't I'm not like massively influenced by graphics, but like that game, the leap from like 1080p to 4K, it's like it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do agree, especially like scenery-wise,
0: although yep. maybe facial animation is like not really not the best I've ever seen. No, it's uh right. what I wanted to say about that side quest with the priest who loves apples uh you encounter a priest on the road he said my this box of apples fell off our cart my church is down the road can you help me carry the apples so like sure i'm like walking down the road carrying the apples and he's going on and on about how much he loves apples and when we get to the church we're gonna bob for apples and i was like this is weird we're i'm gonna be stepping into something really bizarre oh my gosh what's ahead and no when you get to the church he's just
1: like thanks thanks for walking me back with my apples like that was it so it's like Hopefully, that's setting up something that's going to recur. Like ten hours later. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, not uh-huh. as good as the talking pig, then.
1: Yeah,
0: guess not. Um, I do like that uh, the dice game, but I, I don't get to play
1: it enough. Oh my god, I really like it, actually. Yeah, I want that as a standing.
2: I was so mad that I had to play that once, and then I saw that in the Assassin's Tree, it was like, you know, like oh, it's like play play the dice game and take out this guy. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it was like beat dice champion to unlock this clue. I really like There's it. No That's way. A, I, li- I like a, it a lot. It's a Justin and Damie game.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Justin, did you see they're making a physical version of
1: it? No, but that totally yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. There's nothing like there's nothing digital, like that could
0: totally be an analog game. So and there's not even that many pieces, you know, that it would require. Yeah. So
2: do they nice. have to like stack those games when you play them in the video game to make sure that the human can win really easily? No. Like, do they you do some kind of like,
1: imbalancing? They certainly could because, you, you know, it's dice rolls.
2: Yeah, I mean, not mean with that. Like, I just wonder if like, if you go first always, it's just so much easier. I just don't know how they set that up. Although in the main quest, like I lost it and it was fine. I just kept going.
3: Yeah.
2: I didn't really understand why I lost it or what the rules were, <laughs> but I tried.
0: Well, next, when we record this next week, we're, we'll be recording on the day that Cyberpunk comes out. Ooh. Uh, cool. So we probably won't have, I mean, unless we get early copies, which I, I have no idea. Uh, mm. We won't be able to talk about it next week. I have to wait till the week after that. Yeah. Please be excited. Mm -hmm. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Justin Smith in Anchorage, Alaska did. Swerve. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Smith says, as I stood in line at 3 a.m. this past Saturday in the cool Alaskan air, waiting in line for a 6 a.m. release of the 30 units of PS5s my local store had, I couldn't help but wonder why consoles are still coming out in November. Uh, I feel like this was a logical move when video games were still a relatively new product and the decision to purchase them fell to parents. Mm-hmm. Launching consoles near holidays helped move units off of shelves and took advantage of Yuletide spending habits. This doesn't seem to be a smart strategy anymore since they can't even keep them stocked. All I could think of as I shuffled in place to stay warm was if this happened in June, it would be fun. I'd bring a grill. I'd make it an event. <laughs> I can't help but think that a summer launch would also benefit the sales since the hardcore gamers could get their consoles at launch and the second wave could be ready to get those Black Friday dollars. What do you think? PS6 is a summer 2027 release. Nice job on 100 questions last week.
3: Well, thank
1: you. I think that's a great suggestion. I completely agree. I'd never thought about it before. The idea idea of tailgating a console launch, I think is is (laughs) fantastic.
2: And the spending around the the uh, the holiday season um, is, you know, what you're, I really like his point about how like that's like a parental thing. And I think a lot of like game sales are like, unfortunately, it's like kids telling their parents what they want, but also parents like making de- decisions on their own and they're bad ones. And I think a lot of people can like sell their bad games during Uh, the holiday season and i'm saying that because i got a lot of bad games from relatives and people that meant well uh growing up during that season just because they don't know right they're just like oh just buy whatever's 20 bucks so there's there's still that that kind of game sales tied to the the season but i've always wondered also in the summer kids have summer jobs and so once you gain independence a little bit and have like a job over the summer. Like it's really fun to like spend your money on video games. Right. And, uh, and I think that's like a really good time to uh, have new video games and you're not in school. And there's just like, there's a lot going for the summer, but uh boy toy sales and holiday season are just seem to be into just tied so <clears throat> tightly that it's hard to break that.
1: Yeah. I, I I really like Justin's point that like you could have you know you could have this double whammy of like clearly the hardcore going to buy the console at launch and then you get the nice. second wave of like presumably you have your stock issues you know sorted out mm-hmm. the console is findable and on store shelves by Christmas and then you know yeah. it could be a big Christmas present too. Um, no, I think he's right. I think he should. Um, let's get him in charge of Sony. Let's let's run this up the chain. Yeah, <laughs> Doug <laughs> Bowser think, is yeah. coming for you. The weather thing is really
2: really. Good point. I mean, in the Northern hemisphere, it's so awful to uh, have to do, you know, consumery outdoor waiting in line things then. And that's like a really unfortunate side effect that I don't think is really considered in any way when they're making these decisions. But I really like that. Of course, we'd be screwing over Australia, parts <laughs> of Africa and South America if we uh, had them in the in well, our summer. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, and I also think that uh, uh, I uh, it's funny because they come out in this, this specific season. this like late November where like you, it's not even pleasant in California to have a grill out. <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> even matter. Like I, I waited in line for the Wii in Arizona, which is a very, very hot state. It got mm. so cold at night.
1: <clears throat> oh, yeah, awesome. sure. So, yeah. It's,
2: it's not good for anybody. I Desert had
1: nights. a when the Wii came out, I was twenty or 23, and had an old, terrible beater car. Um, and then I drove, I woke up at like 5 a.m. to drive to Walmart or whatever and go stand in line and get the Wii. and it was you know, freezing since it's November. And, um, and my car window got stuck down on that no. trip, and then um, it was stuck down that whole winter because I didn't have <laughs> the money to get it fixed. <laughs> and like... I, that's like my enduring like I really like my you know I was just you got annoyed. the Wii
2: by going at 5 a.m.
1: Yeah, and uh, that the second half of that story is, you know, I was like fourteenth in line or whatever number it was, and they had they can they came out and said we have fourteen systems, so we're handing you this ticket. Anybody that's in line, like you're not going to get one. You don't need to be here. And there was like a little boy and his mom in line behind me, and the little boy started to cry because. <laughs> oh, and then I was like, I was like this close to like turning around and like giving him my ticket and like making his Christmas, but then I didn't. I just kept yeah. it, and then mm-hmm. I got the Wii. Um, you got it on then, eBay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah well i mean they weren't they weren't they weren't like that they didn't really get hard to find until actually the next year when it really became like a phenomenon like yeah, that christmas sure. they were they were findable um mm. and then i grumbled every time i got in my car damn we cars <laughs> freezing hope it was worth it uh
0: the switch launched in march so that's a little bit yep and was still yeah. you know a success. And
2: going back, they 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 didn't really tie it to the holidays. I think for that exact reason, S- so they could like ramp up hype and ramp up supply, and then like the holidays, you know, they'd be ready for it. It is weird that it's oh. like that now.
0: Well, so you know who had it right then? The Nintendo 64 and mm-hmm. the Dreamcast. Those oh. are September. Those are September releases. Yeah, yeah nice. September
2: releases, and then like Sega used to do ones in like the like the Saturn was like famously like surprise launched and E3. Yeah, like yeah.
1: What was it? E3? I think for pure not yeah. for like not for like you know success or like any sort of objective measurement but just pure hype levels i don't think the dreamcast launch like has ever been like 9999 and the event that they made out of that was just like it's still it's gonna stick in my brain forever
4: it was yep. just perfect
1: yep um okay this is nick
0: from fort wayne indiana Uh, He says, I'm a longtime fan of the Scoop crew, and I make time every week for the best and only gaming podcast available. (laughs) Towards the end of the year, I find myself going back over previous episodes just to get my GameScoop fix. And this year, in honor of the Video Game Awards on December 10th, I've decided as fans, we need to bestow our loyal GameScoop cast members with our own Viewer's Choice Awards. Uh, Yeah. So read on to learn my picks for the very first Viewer's Choice edition of GameScoop, which... Can you recall, he asks. Wait, Wait so, a second. So it's just a viewer's choice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a viewer's choice. viewer's choice. <laughs> so hardest video game 20 questions of the year was Project Cross Zone. Oh. 3DS from episode 587. Yeah.
2: If we would have done that right now and you would have said it's this, you know, game with lots of characters and this is exactly <laughs> what it came out on. And you guys had it for 20 questions <laughs> at this date. I would have not been able to say that name. <laughs> oh
0: probably uh the the slickest 20 questions save was nes remix from episode 566 mm-hmm. i can't believe that was that year. either swag of the year was damon's pink genesis hoodie which i meant to pull out um that huh. in episode 562
1: that was a good one what <laughs> about the hat what about the led
0: hat i know I, I don't know if that got in the war mug of the year was the elusive red ign mug that mysteriously isn't on the ign store
3: Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. We don't sell any mugs on the store yet. No mugs? Note to self. Uh, prediction of the year Justin correctly predicted the title of Super Mario 3D All Stars in episode 573. Is that really true? <laughs> Said maybe they'll call it that, like Mario 3D All Stars or something. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's amazing. Con- controversy of the year the uh, Wario dispute on Video Game 20 Questions. Was it for Wario Land Shake It?
2: Uh, yeah it was think, that there was a yeah. gamecube game called wario land that i think we called it for but the or, g- the game oh, was a Wii game.
0: shake it was we yeah okay yeah gotcha the f-bomb award goes to sam for various episodes i've said it once this year yes that's
2: true uh, but i've always asked you to beep it so it's really that your word, should you go to damon <laughs> special guest of the year goes to tina's cat lion mm-hmm. uh
0: Comment of the year was apparently me. I, uh, when, when trying a suggested website for online quizzes, I said, this website, Sporkle, is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Uh, but the runner-up comment of the year comes from Sam. When discussing the size of Gollum, you said yeah. he was a hobbit. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the context of that. Maybe the Gollum game. Well, he uh, was a uh,
2: store, so I should have corrected yeah, myself.
0: Yeah. Most renowned hard-out host is Tina.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Topic of the year, comparing other games to Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From various episodes, uh, one could say most episodes.
2: <laughs> okay. First of but, all, we're criticized for that, so I think we reduced it in 2020, if anything.
1: Yeah, it was, it was uh, winding down. We probably <laughs> reduced it in 2019 and then
0: ramped it back up again. Okay.
2: Yeah, because that's when people were most critical about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. The runner-up topic of the year was, how much will the next-gen consoles cost? I guess
1: we had that uh, discussion mm-hmm. on various episodes. I the wonder if R- we ever did formal like. I don't. I wonder if we did formal pre- like predictions on that. I mean, I don't think 499 is like a controversial thing, but like I think we were a little worried that the PS5 might be more expensive earlier in the year.
0: Most anticipated upcoming game <laughs> is Pine Tree Jack, developed and published by Samco, and so that must have been when uh, when we had we had the AntStream uh, guy on about the streaming retro game service, Sam. Yeah. And you, pre- you presented us with some titles of retro games and one of them was, some of them were real, some were fake.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Pine was tree that Jack. this year?
1: I mean, right? It says episode 562. I guess it was this year, man. But that was in the studio, so it must have been yeah. January, February.
2: And yeah. remember, they were going to have a presence at South by Southwest in March.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the Game of the Year award goes to the uh, Sam Prank Potato Game. <laughs> we talked about that in episode 564. That's when two listeners like prank each other by sending them stuff with your face right. on it,
2: Sam. There's no way that that was this year.
0: It was this year. Was it, really? uh, And then uh, I, wish, I wish Tina were here for this because Omega Cop of the Year award goes to Tina for consistently managing to bring up Red Dead Redemption 2.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if I can't bring up Breath of the Wild, then I'm going to bring up Red Dead Redemption 2
0: as well. <laughs> um all right that was a viewer's choice award the first annual can't believe it um Thanks. we'll have to pass on uh congratulations well, to Tina. as the
2: only video gaming podcast it's good to have our first award season yeah it
0: really is right really very nice uh okay since we are in uh, December now that can only mean one thing it's time to head to the magazine rack and uh, I have the December 1988 edition of video games and computer entertainment the premiere issue with an illustrated uh, a scene from blaster master on the cover Are you guys seeing this yeah, yeah I got it and I, this. Made, I made it all big on my screen so cool I'm good to go it's it's the holiday buyer's guide for Nintendo Atari and Sega and then there's computer games New so I like how they're playing
2: down the cool thing in this game, which is the tank. Yeah, yeah that's way. Like, yeah,
0: let's get the little man. Let's get the little man out of the tank.
2: <laughs> and also, <laughs> the little man is not like you know. Uh, uh, they always just really tried to cover up, you know, a- anime-looking things, right? And so this is like, oh yeah, this yeah. is like the Mega Man cover version of uh, Blaster Master. Yeah. Uh,
0: I wanna I kept this <laughs> ad in. <laughs> This is a game I've never heard of. Vampire's Empire uh, for Amiga for Commodore 64. But this scene is so crazy. Yeah. For our listeners here, I'll try to describe this. What's going on? Um, the game is called Vampire's Empire. Uh, it's a 2D platformer, uh, apparently. You've got uh, a Dracula coming out of a coffin that's like a Nosferatu type uh, mm-hmm. vampire. And then an old man standing above him who seems very surprised. Yeah, it's cool. clearly Santa. You play as Van Helsing, though. So oh. if we oh. assume this is Van Helsing, you know, mm. what has happened here? He's wearing a robe. He has no weapons, no stake or anything. Mm. He's encountered a coffin. He opened it, and he's surprised
2: that a vampire came out. Maybe that's just a lowly villager that has to be saved by Van Helsing. Yeah. Also, Maybe. check
1: out that cool logo for Magic Bites. Magic
2: Bites.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> a,
1: I'm uncomfortable with how vampire and empire don't quite rhyme. Yeah, Vampire's vampire is empire. Yeah. It's, very, it's really bugging yeah. me yeah
2: um there uh <laughs> they should have I, I can tell what happened here this so uh, you know somebody made a really cool like castlevania like game right you can see like it looks like you know like yeah. like it's dark and and gloomy and really cool and then uh then their little brother made the the art for the for the for the <laughs> flyer yeah. Yeah. and they're like you screwed it all up but <laughs> <Did laughs> you already send this to the printer you screwed it up the
0: it says high resolution and smooth scrolling graphics not recommended for persons with weak souls. Oh, dang. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to look this game up. The tagline is also you will learn to be afraid. Very afraid. What system is this? Be afraid. Well, like Amiga and Commodore 64. OK. Uh, and be afraid. Be very afraid was the tagline to the fly remake. Uh, David Cronenberg's fly remake. So. Oh, really?
2: That. Yeah. That's where that came from. Huh? And that was in the zeitgeist at the time. Hot dates. Hot dates. Oh,
3: upcoming upcoming so Konami Nintendo games.
2: Power. Upcoming <laughs> Konami games.
0: Life Force. It says, soar to the galaxy's rescue in your sleek road British space destroyer. What? Now, yeah, I know. Everyone knows it's the Vic Viper. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I looked up the manual for Life Force, and the, the, the player two ship is called Road British. What? Okay. So I, <laughs> I know. So I don't know why, how that made it
1: here. Man, and what then, <laughs> a what a line! Like what a back to back on these, man! In a four month span, some of the greatest games ever made. Yeah, well, so yeah,
0: for the listeners, this is for Life Force, Adventures of Bio Castlevania Two, Simon's Quest, Track and Field Two, and Blades of Steel, and and they're all hitting August, uh, October, October, November,
2: December. I just want to like pause here. Which is the greatest games ever made?
1: Well, well, as Life that Force, came uh, out of my mouth. I'm like, <laughs> I may have slightly over <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like life force is good
1: like life force is really good like yeah you know blades of steel blades is really good. good yeah
2: it is blades of steel is a is a pretty hot hit for that era
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so i <laughs> yeah
2: but but castlevania is great and track and field is great but these are castlevania 2 and track and field 2 which are not yeah. so
1: great
0: yeah the yeah, copy right. for copy for biability viability says uh, venture to the armed estate of dat gangster king of Bourbon Street. Dat they,
2: gangster. Uh,
0: dat is it supposed to be like red and like a heavy like yeah. m- like mobster accent? I guess, yeah. I guess.
2: Uh, Or like New Orleans patois. Yeah. Yeah. Dat, dat, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I don't want to trim. But for blades of steel, it says from the creators of Double Dribble.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, And the contents. Uh, the only thing note here is that they mentioned that. um, the cover illustration, uh, the art was by Alan Hunter, and it says it's Jason and Metal Attacker from Suncom's Smash Hit Blaster Master, but that's a Sunsoft game. Sunsoft,
4: yeah. and they Maybe. get
0: Sunsoft right later
1: in the issue. So I don't, okay. they, I don't okay. know how they got that wrong here. Suncom is not. I don't think that's the real. It's, cover. it's the same thing we point out whenever we look at these, Damon. They were just doing whatever they wanted back then. <laughs> yeah yes Ed, it wow is true. andy eddie is is, I, rev- is in here well
0: yeah he does a review um he reviews contra <laughs> but then and then later on he'd become the editor-in-chief of this magazine wow so introduction the premier issue uh the three premier game machines that have captured the lion's share of the current market are all sold by video game giants atari nintendo and sega each of these game systems is an excellent entertainment value and will provide hours of video game enjoyment They are, however, very different. Each has its own strengths and weaknesses. I just want to go over how they describe Nintendo. The Nintendo offering was originally introduced in Japan, where it is enormously popular. As a result, a very good selection of game cartridges is available. Another plus is the Nintendo-sponsored third-party development program. This has put dozens of new games on the market, with many more to come, covering nearly every topic imaginable. I like thinking of games as covering topics.
2: Uh, The (laughs) Nintendo is the smallest. They covered Crocodile Dundee with Bayou Billy. They covered (laughs) Rambo with Contra.
0: They they covered Dracula with Castlevania. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Nintendo is the smallest in size of the three units and fits nicely into a tight space. The cartridges may be difficult to insert by very young children, however. (laughs) While the graphics (laughs) is, (laughs) while the graphics and sound effects in most of the Nintendo compatible games are excellent, many also utilize musical scores playing in the background, which are incredible. Nintendo also excels in adventure-type games. The Legend of Zelda, Metroid, Kid Icarus, and Blaster Master are only some examples. Three Nintendo games and a Sunsoft game. These games exactly. contain a wealth of detail and also provide the player with a goal, a sense of purpose in finishing a game. Many also provide the means to stop playing a game, then resume at a later date, close to the point where the player left off. What? I know. That's wow. next-gen, then. Next-gen, 1988. Mm -hmm. so now we have an ad uh for joysticks by bishu bishu is the uh the company the manufacturer here and they have three different models one is give your quote entertainment system a real (laughs) zinger zinger i guess yeah zinger is the the the, uh controller for the nes or the ultimate super stick and it says uh i guess the ultimate can also be used on the nes which is like Mm -hmm. an arcade stick it's wireless yeah. And then it says for other quote video game end quote players, we have some really hot stuff, and hot stuff is trademarked. I don't know <laughs> hey, how they're wait. able to trademark hot stuff. Are you sure that it's wireless? Or are you just the- oh, but yes, because the next ad is for the ultimate, the wireless.
2: <laughs> how are they
3: ultimate? doing Super that?
0: Sick.
1: How An did they ADA? do that?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, the NES had a bunch of these. Their line of sight. They use the same thing that a a, a TV remote uses. So it's like basically an infrared signal to a receiver and you had to plug something into the front of your system and then they have a, they're, they're broadcasting from the controller. They don't work at all. Yeah. So
0: like you plug the receiver into the controller port on the NES, right? Mm -hmm. And you go all
1: Palpatine on your television yeah exactly exactly (laughs) break loose and go remote it says (laughs) this ad is strangely
2: familiar from a previous game scoop magazine segment i I
0: think it could be it could be it could be it says available in better video game stores across america yeah maybe not maybe not the best ones but the better ones yeah take that
2: toys r us (laughs) and babbages or something
3: Uh, Toys. i think we've seen
0: this i know i know. We've seen this ad before. This is for Platoon, the NES game from Sunsoft. And I just, I, I always like taken aback by this ad because, of course, most people playing NES games in 1988 were children. And here you have this close-up of, uh, of a man with a, a, a knife coming right at the viewer, uh, the knife, you know, ready to attack, plunge into the viewer. I just It's just a strange ad for something that's being mostly used by children.
2: Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like a really high-fidelity shot too, oh, right? yeah.
0: And that's why they show a close-up of a boss from blaster master in the next ad. And then I guess I didn't real- realize Sunsoft handled the ports of Spy Hunter and Xenophobe to uh mm-hmm. NES also.
2: Yeah, Xenophobe was an incredibly, incredibly confusing game when I was a child.
0: It's an Atari game uh the uh, in in the arcades, and I mm-hmm. I always liked it, although you're right, it's a little bit hard to wrap your head around. Um Okay, remember this is 1988. We have a news update on Activision adds two to the 2600 catalog, the, a system <laughs> that was 11 years old at this point. They're oh. getting Commando and Kung Fu Master,
1: and that was wow. big news. Yeah. What's the Zork years. news? Let's Zork again, like we did last summer. <laughs> I really like that headline. I want to start <laughs> describing game sequels that way.
0: <laughs> oh, it's for Zork Zero. It says that has some graphic elements. According to Infocom, Zork is the all-time best-selling entertainment software product. So it was the GTA five of 1988 Mm -hmm.
1: with almost 1 million copies sold.
0: Yeah. So in 1988, (laughs) almost selling a million copies made you the best selling entertainment software product of all that that. can't
2: possibly be true. (laughs) And it's also 200 million stolen copies.
1: There's no, (laughs) there's no chance. There's no chance that there wasn't a million copies of Mario brothers and like other games out there by 88 maybe i don't
0: know it also says zork zero was soon be available for fifty dollars wow wow ten dollars less than video games cost in 2020 yeah well not ps5 games but yeah sure but yeah
2: and that game was still basically text too
0: uh sports headline nintendo action a pair of cool. new games from nintendo put sports simulations high on the nesers hit list this fall it's about ice hockey and Mike Tyson's punch-out. I just think the write-up of Mike Tyson's punch-out is strange. It said, it "Let's the gamer advance the ranking of Little Mac, the on-screen boxer surrogate, as he <laughs> fights 13 bouts in the minor, major, and world circuits. Gamers who defeat the contenders win a dream match against the champion. Lots of fancy frills make the game more fun. Can you imagine what, like, in a review, like, what would Dan Stapleton do if our reviewer write, <laughs> lots of fancy frills make the game yep. more fun. Use an example, is what he'd say. Yeah, I just, th- it doesn't mean anything anyway yeah. there's just no mention of any of the boxers there's no mention of mike tyson anything that like <laughs> we would talk about about that game today
1: jeez the and screenshots then, the screenshots are clearly like someone taking a photo of a yeah, of obviously. a television screen yeah. that's what those sunset ads dads were too like they yeah. just they yeah.
2: just did a polaroid and then blew it up really big and the results are not pretty
0: yeah uh i thought this was fascinating activision takes new name Activision changed its corporate name to MediaGenic to symbolize the company's expanding and diversified product lines. And I looked it up. Yes, uh, Activision did change its name to MediaGenic in 1988, and then by the early 90s it was almost bankrupt and Bobby Kotick swooped in and bought it for half of half of a million dollars. Wow. And then wow. changed the, changed the name back to Activision, and then today it's Activision Blizzard, you know, Trading uh, publicly for north of fifty billion dollars.
2: Yeah, I wish we would have scrabbled that scratch together and bought Activision. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I so crazy.
2: So the nineteen eighty nine buyer's guide
0: begins. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! So the nineteen eighty nine buyer's guide begins with a full page artwork uh, art illustration <laughs> that's a trace of the Commando movie poster with Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. but they gave him an eye patch for some reason mm-hmm.
3: and that's then I don't even know control.
0: there's some other creatures around him uh, might, one might be a robot I don't know what they are and then there's just
2: like a kung fu guy kicking past him
1: what is that unicorn smurf <laughs> looking mother I don't know what is that <laughs> he's,
2: he's also shooting a space gun and the whole thing is, is inside a Georgia O'Keeffe flower yeah yeah
0: that's true yeah good call
2: so they set
0: up they're gonna they they've sc- scored each game on um uh playability action strategy graphics sound and music each one from one to four four is excellent one is poor yeah, and then they
2: know that's that's the famous PazG scale and so they break them up they
0: break them up from nintendo sega and atari and it I think they just list every single game that's available from Nintendo. It just goes Whoa. on and on forever. Yeah. And some Nintendo of them are that scored. on their own
2: sometimes. They'd release this thing called, yeah. I think, Pack Watch, which is like a standalone little issue that was yeah. kind of like the Sears catalog.
0: And some of for them reasons. have those scores and some don't. Like, Biability isn't scored, Commando's mm-hmm. not scored. Oh, and, weird. and then also, the blurbs for each game have no opinion, no criticism, no judgment. It's just a an objective. Uh, you know, description. Men- description of the game. So a lot of uh, a lot of yeah. uh, IGN's viewers today would be very happy to read these reviews. <laughs> so these it's objective like
1: objective reviews. It's a buyer's guide. It's like it's just a product catalog. You know, yeah. it's like a Sears
0: catalog. Exactly. Yeah. So you're just like flipping through, looking at pictures. They don't have a screenshot of Hudson's Adventure Island
1: for some reason. I, would <laughs> <laughs> I that derpy skateboarder from earlier. Man, yeah. I would have loved this as a kid. I would have I read mean, every single one of these blurbs <laughs> and looked at every single one of these yeah. screenshots.
3: For yeah, sure.
0: the, Yeah, it's just
1: like it must have been every
0: NES game that was available in 1988 because it goes on for so many pages. Mm-hmm. It's still going. I'm still just clicking through these pages and pages of games.
3: And Wait, then you get to
0: Sega and the, the ses- section is much shorter. So there's just weren't as oh. so many games. Right?
2: This is for the, the master system?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the Sega master system. And the Atari is even shorter still.
1: Wait, yeah, why was so it, why was it Glass Joe on the Atari section? Go back. You're right. It is Glass mm. Joe in the Atari section. I guess there's a Fight Night game, it's the first game that they mention.
3: Mm.
0: Getting uh, uh, their wires crossed at that Does point. it there's specify
2: a, which Atari system this is, I guess it's 7200.
0: Well, it would have been the 7800, 7, yeah. which could play both 5200 and 2600 games. Okay. Okay. So, right. So this includes that. And uh, Food Fight's in there. Cool. Although it didn't get very high scores,
2: apparently. It's a perfect game in the arcade.
0: So once you get through the buyer's guide, get you a review of Contra written by Andy Eddy,
2: who we used to and, work with. That's the contract. yeah, it's yeah, it's a legend. Former
0: uh, uh, GameSpy, IGN, um, and the review is interesting. Even though they scored games in the buyer's guide, they he, there's no score on the review. Uh, but he likes the game a lot, and it opens up talking about why he likes the game, even though it's like not very original or anything. But then halfway through his review, he gets into secret hint. Contra normally provides you with three commandos to start, but there is a little known method of popping that beginning troop count up to 30. And then the final one, two, three, four, five paragraphs of his review are describing how to do that, how to get 30 (laughs) get 30 players (laughs) in Contra. Really? Yeah.
2: You're and then of course the whole cheat cheat section is built into the review. I love it.
0: Yeah. And then (laughs) it ends with the obligatory address and phone number for Konami Incorporated.
1: All those old magazines did that, didn't they?
0: Yep. Uh, Oh, I guess there's a strategy guide for Blaster Master in it, too. I don't think I was going to go on. Do you think at the end of the strategy guide they have a review? No, but they they walk you through even how to defeat the final boss in the very last little paragraph here. So this is everything you need to do in Blaster Master.
2: You kind of need to play along to a guide for Blaster Master. It's helpful.
0: Yeah. Uh, There's the Game Doctor answers your questions. One of them is, what happened to Text Adventures? The answer is, like vaudeville, silent movies, and radio drama, Text Adventures have become a creative... Dead end, a game format that is no longer viable because its audience has moved on to uh, to new, less demanding forms of interactive entertainment. And he actually waxes on for a few more paragraphs on why text adventures are no longer around.
2: There was he just had to wait just a little bit longer for the internet to come around to have a renaissance for text adventures. I like this
0: one. How do I take advantage of the various online services supposedly available to computer users?
2: Well, you need a couple of things.
0: yeah, 88. You need a couple of things besides the computer disk drive and monitor itself. You need a modem and, of course, a membership in the services of your choice. The most popular being is a Delphi, Q-Link, <clears throat> CompuServe, and the source. Hmm. Um, I just, yeah, that's, it's always interesting to see people talking about going online in the 80s.
2: Yeah, they used uh, the modems that had the telephone cradles. Yep.
3: Those are so yes. cool.
2: <laughs> uh, who invented video games
0: is one question.
3: We've no got to go knows. with Ralph
0: Baer. Well, they they correctly uh, seem they identify Ralph Bear, which is you know I I I definitely had, had no idea who Ralph
1: Bear was in when I was ten years old in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, the the you know you would hear Nolan Bushnell a lot. Yeah, exactly. Then, you know, then people have kind of corrected that back to Ralph Bear. Yeah.
0: Okay, that was a look through the December nineteen eighty eight issue of Video Games and Computer Entertainment that brings us to a video game 20 questions and our suggestion today come from the very same uh who, why it, didn't nick you fr- just make that weird z noise because <laughs> there's two of them nick from fort wayne indiana thought it would be a good idea since we're wrapping up 2020 mm-hmm. to go with 2020 questions and i thought that was pretty cute okay. but uh, of course you are down a person so i don't know if should we, should we hold that for next week? Or do you guys feel like you can handle it? Let's, uh, do,
2: that, let's do the 2021 next week and do a different right. one this week.
0: Okay, then we'll revisit this one. And I just need to pick a new one really fast. I'll just pick the first one that comes up here in the old GameScoop
1: email. Uh, Is it Blaster Master? Maybe if I turn my head, I can see Damon's yeah, screen.
2: Exactly.
1: Can you actually? No. I'm going <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, reject this one.
0: Power Quest for the Game Boy Color. Wouldn't have gotten that? Nope. Where we're, Damon, you've been where telling
1: it? people for years not to pick stuff that like nobody's ever heard of, and they yeah. still send them in.
0: Yes, I know. I know. They never learn. Oh, this one is good. Okay, I found a good one. Okay, uh, I've got it. I've got it. Let me just pull it up on Wikipedia so I can answer
3: your challenging questions. Put the Wikipedia URL in the chat so we have it, too. Okay, got it. Here it comes, here it comes. Okay, let the questioning begin. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Could it have appeared in this issue of video games? <laughs> no, it could not have. <gasps> uh, uh, can you play this game on your Nintendo Switch? No. Is this a platform exclusive? No. We're off to a bad start. Uh, Did this game come out in the 90s? No. Is it part of a series? Yes, that's five. Uh, So it obviously came out in the
1: 2000s or later. Unless it came out in 1989, and then we're stuck in this (laughs) little tiny... Because that magazine was 88, right? Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Did Uh, this come
2: out before 2008?
3: Yes. Okay. Okay. That was good. That was clutch. I don't,
2: I, mean, I don't really remember don't, what, what the tw- 2008 systems were. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why you
0: picked 2008, but it did come out before 2008.
1: That's <laughs> like, that's like, that's like GameCube, Xbox, PS2 era. And then, you know, maybe I don't know what year that may have been. I, I think the 360
2: PS- was 2008.
1: I was going to say like, we may have just been
3: kicking off the next generation by then. Mm-hmm. Not a platform exclusive. Uh, was it developed in Japan? No. It's going poorly. We, I, I miss Tina. <laughs> yeah. Did this come out on an uh, optical disc? Yes. Did this come out on the GameCube? No. Damn it. Was it on the PlayStation
1: 2? No. That's 10. <laughs> oh, man. Was it on the Xbox? the original xbox let's do the three three go ahead yeah go ahead no what (laughs) wait so it came out is it from the the, is it from the Wii generation of consoles no 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 hold on wait it because let me let me think about this so the gamecube ps ps2 was 2001 and gamecube and xbox were 2002 to, yeah, so it could right? be like
2: a PlayStation One game that on optical disc, because like yeah. there's Nintendo 64 games. And it's always those,
1: game. it's always those 2000s and 64 games that screw us up. Mm-hmm. So I, it's, sorry to interrupt. Like I you think can ask. Around. I think
2: it's from the Wii generation, not the earlier generation. But that hadn't started
1: yet by then, had it? I had think it. it's
2: 2006 as
1: Wii. Oh, I think you're right. I might be wrong. I might be. They might be 2000. PS2 might have been 2000 and GameCube 2001. Yeah, it still might Wii. not be
2: on the Wii. I'm just saying that generation.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I
3: think you're right. Was this on the Wii era of consoles? Can you specify? Wii 360 PS3? I think. Yes.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah.
2: Was this available on Xbox 360? Yes. Okay. Oh, it took us a
3: while. Sorry about that. I was off by a few no, years. Wait,
2: you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um,
3: so was this a know. highly scored game? Yes. A multi-platform, so hold on, so multi-platform game that was
1: not made in Japan that released on the 360. Part of a series. It's part of a series, and that's actually kind of all, (laughs) that's kind of all we know at this point. (laughs) Uh, Is the series still going today? Yes. That's 15. Could be Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. Could be Call of Duty 2.
2: The the Calls of Duty came out on Wii. That wouldn't preclude this from being a thing
1: yeah did, um, they, did they come out on ps2 they may have at way back in that early era their ps3 they may have actually yeah. been 360 pc only although i think by like you know modern warfare and stuff they were on the bond
2: is this published by a company that has e3 past press conferences as of
1: 2019
3: yes it's not called the activision doesn't have a press conference yeah <laughs> um bethesda bethesda could be Morrowind. Yep. It could be. So
2: American companies that do that are basically Microsoft, Bethesda, but Microsoft yeah, wouldn't would. have had cross-platform and then Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft. So if it's, it's the it's, first Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah, it could be Assassin's Creed. So it's, it's either Ubisoft or Bethesda. Is this a Ubisoft game?
2: No. Oh. Is it a Bethesda game? No. Uh, so it's EA. Is this an uh, EA game? Uh, wait, yes. wait, wait, wait.
3: Yeah. But that's it now
1: we gotta guess yeah, that's
3: it. oh
2: really okay
1: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we can Shit. Get this.
3: no <laughs> no we won't uh it could be mass effect, yeah, but they but they did they they were they were you know, already
1: bioware was already associated with e a that far back they'd already bought them,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. be too so, you right? know it's an e a game released on a disc before two thousand eight that appeared on the 360, and, and the, series the series is
2: still around series still
1: around. It wasn't, and it wasn't an exclusive. Oh, the series I mean, still EA being doesn't
2: have a lot of series.
1: I was going to say, so Damon's probably wouldn't do us dirty by making it like Madden 2006. Like no. I'm going to assume besides, besides like maybe like fight night or something, we can probably eliminate all the core sports games. Yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. think
0: it's sports. I'm going to give you uh, uh, sort kind of two hints. Yeah, we the need a hint because we hint, didn't have Tina. The first one is that you guys are nowhere even close to getting <laughs> this game. But okay. the second part of that hint is that I thought you could get it. I really, really thought you two could yeah. get it without Tina.
3: hmm mm. So it's probably... Is there, like, Pagel-type stuff? Yeah, there's, you know, there is PopCap. Did EA buy PopCap? Do they own PopCap still? I don't know. Um, I could also, I, could I also mean, or, remember. or, um, you know, like Battlefield. I I can't remember when EA gobbled up
1: like <laughs> the different companies that they acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said we're not even
2: close, so I, I can't really think of a leap I can make right now.
3: Plants for Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Let's guess that. Did okay. that appear? Is it Plants for Zombies? No. Uh, And
0: I don't know if that got released on a disc on 360 or not. Whatever, man. Uh, No, it is Lord of the Rings, The Battle for Middle Earth
2: 2. Oh, we should have asked about licenses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I played that game. I had that game. I I played it on 360, yeah. Is that a strategy game? Yeah. It's RTS. Wow it was when they were still in that era of trying to make um, rts games work on console Try, like they you know they did they sort of figured out a control scheme that actually worked pretty well
0: yeah that mm-hmm. one actually worked well and then even with like halo wars they continued to improve that control scheme for consoles hmm. uh, yeah that's in uh, that was made right at ea los angeles 2006 both pc and 360
3: hmm.
2: so that they must have had the ea must have had the lord of the rings license to some abstract point well, didn't EA
0: publish all those, like, action uh, Lord of the Rings games that were based yep. on the movies? Those games are good.
2: Yeah. Those games, people
1: have um, a lot of nostalgia for those. They're like they're like RPG light, And, yeah, they, and just, they
2: really use the scenes from the movies to set their, yeah. their games in them. I think they were just
1: called, yeah, like, The Two Towers, yep. Return of the King.
2: And they came out on Game Boy Advance and like, their own little versions and stuff yeah. like that, too. Yeah. Uh, that suggestion
0: came from... Emil Lang in uh, a place in Denmark that I can't even attempt to pronounce. Um, But the body of his uh, email uh, might be relevant to you, Sam. He says, I've been following Janet, Brendan, and Miranda on Twitter and saw how they're preparing for the massive beast that's going to be IGN's Cyberpunk 2077 guide. It seems really interesting. I was hoping... uh, There might be an episode dedicated to how the IGN guides team uh, tackled this whole ordeal internally and with freelancers. Guides seems like an underappreciated part of games coverage. It would be cool to shine a spotlight on them. I don't know how, you know, I don't know if GameScoop is the place for that, but I just thought you'd be interested to hear that, Sam. Yeah,
2: no, that's really nice to hear. And I think what's funny is you might think it sounds underappreciated, but it's really appreciated (laughs) because people love using strategy guides. And there's a lot of goodwill about it because we make these big, giant strategy guides. Um, now putting, you know, faces and people with who makes the strategy guides is a whole nother thing. There's the internal yeah. editorial team. And then, you know, 2030 at any given time, freelancers working on these things. And it's just a huge team and, and effort to, to break these games down. You can see the origin in uh, video games magazine, uh, of, of how far those go back. It's a proud tradition. And th- I think the first way a lot of people discover at IGN, which is really neat.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, that is going to be all the scoops that we have for you this week. Uh, next week, when Tina's back, we will do video game 2020 questions, which I think mm-hmm. is a very cute idea. Uh, but thank you to both Justin and Sam. Thank you to Bora for working behind the scenes. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IChain.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.